Welcome back to A Closer Look, Season 2. I'm your host, Brandon, and before I jump into today's podcast, I want to give you an overview of what Season 2 for the show is going to look like. So, Season 2 is going to be a reflection of the chapters from the current book that I'm reading, Learning from the Giants, by John Maxwell. In the book, Mr. Maxwell presents what it'd be like to be mentored by some of the giants of the faith. He provided not only lessons learned about leadership from their lives, but also some really thought-provoking questions at the end of each chapter. And the way I plan to do these episodes is to talk a little bit about the life of the giant of the faith, then give you the place in scripture where you can read about them, share some of the points that stuck out to me from the chapter, and then finally read off and answer some of those discussion questions at the end of the chapter. With all that being said, today I'm going to be talking about the prophet Elijah. Elijah certainly is a person who did amazing things for God, but like all of us, he had high and low moments in life. For example, some of the high moments in Elijah's life were when God had called him to prophesy to the current king, Ahab, that it would not rain until he said it would. Or when Elijah boldly obeyed God when challenging the prophets of Baal to summon fire down to burn their sacrifice. And he even mocked them when nothing happened. In fact, I'll read it to you. 1 Kings 18, 19-40 Now therefore, send and gather all Israel to me on Mount Carmel, the 450 prophets of Baal, and the 400 prophets of Esra, who eat, Jezebel's, who eat at Jezebel's table. So Ahab sent for all the children of Israel and gathered them and gathered the prophets together on Mount Carmel. And Elijah came to all the people and said, How long will you falter between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal, if follow him. But the people answered him not a word. Then Elijah said to the excuse me. Then Elijah said to the people, I alone am left a prophet of the Lord, but Baal's prophets are 450 men. Therefore, let them give to us two bowls, and let them choose one bowl for themselves, cut it into pieces, and lay it on the wood, but put no fire under it. And I will prepare the other bowl, and lay it on the wood, but put no fire under it. Then you will call on the name of your gods, and I will call on the name of the Lord, and the God who answers by fire, he is God. So all the people answered and said, It is well spoken. Now Elijah said to the prophets of Baal, Choose one bowl for yourselves, and prepare it first. For you are many, and call on the name of your God, and put no fire under it. So they took the bull which was given to them, and they prepared it, and called on the name of Baal from morning until noon, saying, O Baal, hear us. But there was no voice, no one answered. Then they leaped about their altar which they had made, and so it was noon that Elijah mocked them and said, Cry aloud, for he is a God. Either he is, me either he is meditating, or he is busy, or he is on a journey, or perhaps he is sleeping and must be awakened. So they cried aloud and cut themselves as was their custom with knives and lances until the blood gushed out of them. And when midday was passed, they prophesied until the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice. But there was no voice. No one answered. No one paid attention. Then Elijah said to all the people, come near to me. So all the people came near to him and that he and he repaired the altar of the Lord that was broken down. And Elijah took 12 stones according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob to whom the word of the Lord had come, saying, Israel shall be your name. Then with the stones, he built an altar in the name of the Lord, and he made a trench around the altar large enough to hold two sheaths of seed. But he put the wood in order, cut the bull in pieces, and laid it on the wood, and said, Fill four water pots with water, and pour it on the burnt sacrifice and on the wood. Then he said, Do it a second time. And they did it a second time. Then he said, Do it a third time. And they did it a third time. So the water ran all around the altar, and he filled the trench with water as well. And it came to pass at that time of the offering of the evening sacrifice that Elijah the prophet came near and said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known this day that you are the God in Israel, and I am your servant, 
and that I have done all these things according to your word. Hear me, O Lord, hear me, that this people may know that you are the Lord God, that you have turned their hearts back to you again. Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice and the wood and the stones and the dust, and it licked up the water that was in the trench. Now, when all the people saw that they fell on their faces, they said, The Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. And Elijah said to them, Seize the prophets of Baal. Do not one of them escape. So they seized them, and Elijah brought them down to the brook Kinshin and executed them there. This is an incredibly high moment in Elijah's life. He literally proved to the whole nation that God is the real God and had all the false prophets of Baal executed in front of the people, in front of the king. But then when we get into chapter 19, King Ahab tells his wife Jezebel. Jezebel is the one who introduced Baal worship to the Israelites that Elijah had just killed all her prophets. And then she then goes and promises to kill Elijah just as he killed all her prophets. And it's at this moment that after Elijah comes off that high victory, that he immediately runs for his life. Even praying that God would take his own life because he no longer wanted to deal with everything that was going on. 1 Kings 19, 1-4 And Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done, also how he executed all the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah, saying, So let the gods do to me and more also, if I do not make your life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. And when he saw that he arose and ran for his life and went to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah, and left his servant there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a broom tree. And he prayed that he might die and said, It is enough. Now, Lord, take my life, for I am no better than my father's. Now, you could be thinking, why would Elijah run? And then on top of that, even want to die. God just used him and used him as an example to prove that he was real to a whole nation. Who is Jezebel compared to being used by God like that? But upon thinking about it further, could it be that Elijah had a different expectation of how being used by God would be or how it would feel like and how he would be interacting with other people? Maybe he expected because he was used by God in such a powerful way that maybe his conflict with both King Ahab and his wife Jezebel would be finished once he approved that Baal's prophets were false. Maybe he even thought that after that, even the people of Israel would only worship God again, even though they didn't. Maybe Elijah felt like the way we do when we honor God and we live right, we live holy and set apart, but our lives and the things around us don't seem to meet the expectations that we had. And then we can get a sense of that we failed or even that we failed God because the different areas in our lives don't look the way we expected them to look. I want to share with you a quote from the book that really stood out to me. Disappointment comes when reality falls short of our expectations. But nothing falls short of God's expectations because he knows everything. We cannot surprise him. Don't put your disappointment in yourself on God. He does not see us through our eyes. He sees us through his own. He loves us and wants the best for us. When I first read this, I had to pause and reflect. It's true. Every time I thought I failed, I would subconsciously put that same thought and believe that God thought the same thing. When in reality, that simply isn't the case. And then I was reminded of Isaiah 55, 8, 9. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. And it just reminds me that something that may seem like or feel like a failure to me here on earth is nothing but maybe a building block to God in his overall plan. Because just like the quote says, God can never be disappointed because he knows everything. So all it really is is just a building block to what he's ultimately trying to accomplish and build in our lives. 
And God knows that we have these low moments in our lives, and he wants to connect with us in those low moments and show us his love. For Elijah, this came in a cave. 1 Kings 19, 9-13 And there he went into a cave and spent the night in the place. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, and he said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? So he said, I have been very zealous for the Lord God of hosts, for the children of Israel have forsaken your covenants, torn down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. I alone am left, and they seek to take my life. Then he said, Go out, and stand on the mountain before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind tore into the mountains and broke the rocks in pieces before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still small voice. So it was there, when Elijah heard it, that he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood in the entrance of the cave. Suddenly a voice came to him and said, What are you doing here, Elijah? Now, reflecting on this verse, so often I expected God to show up in those spectacular ways like the wind, the earthquake, and the fire. But God sometimes would rather just talk to us in that still, small voice. And if you're like me, this can be frustrating at times because sometimes I'd rather just have God show up and fix it versus me having to stop and slow down to assess the situation. But it's because of that stopping and slowing down to hear his still, small voice is what truly allows us to connect with him and see him on a deeper level and truly understand more of his love. If he just comes in and shows up and fixes all the time, we don't really get to know him. We know his power, yes, but we don't get to know him for who he is. And now I just want to share with you some key takeaways that John Maxwell had pointed out in the book about leadership about from Elijah's life. The first one is even God's best leaders are human. It can be easy for us to read about the lives of many of the most influential people in the Bible and think they are somehow somehow more than human. But in actuality, they are really just human. They are subject to the trials, temptations, as well as the failures of life. The second takeaway that Mr. Maxwell gives us about Elijah's life is that leaders make the greatest impact when they lead. As a leader, you must remember that you make a positive difference when you lead. It can be very easy to get distracted from the main task at hand. For example, when I'm writing scripts for this podcast, I can easily become distracted by the many different things around me. My phone, my TV, lack of wanting to do it at the time I start writing, or even the people who are around me. There are a plethora of things that can distract us from the task that God has called us to do at hand. And the last point that the book gives us about Elijah's life is God's desire for discouraged leaders is for them to get back into leadership. Every leader has failed at some point, and every leader has become discouraged, even wanting to quit at times. I know for me this is certainly true. Sometimes when I start to feel the weight and the responsibility that I have, it can be overbearing. And I don't want to make the wrong decisions, so I get discouraged. And when I do, I feel like I need to quit or either walk away. However, after reading about Elijah's life, it's in these moments where God doesn't show himself in the wind, the earthquake, or the fire, but in that still small voice. It's in these moments where God desires to connect with us on a much more intimate level. And just like how God sent Elijah back the way he came after running away, God wants to see us restored and thriving in all the areas of leadership in our life. The last thing I wanted to do is just give you the discussion questions from the end of the chapter. And over the course of this week, just take some time to either write them down and then answer them. But before you answer them, read 1 Kings chapter 17 through 19. This is the section of Elijah's life that I reviewed for today's podcast. Discussion question one. Do you identify with Elijah? If so, in what ways? Two. Have you ever felt compared to share a hard truth with another person? If so, how did it turn out? Three, have you ever personally experienced a time when God showed himself to you in a significant way? Four, 
Have you ever been so discouraged that you felt totally alone? Five, have you ever allowed your disappointment in yourself to make you think that God was disappointed in you? Explain, what was the impact? So just take some time this week to go over those questions and answer them with yourself. And then I wanna encourage you and take it a step further and share those with someone else that you trust. Can I pray for you? Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this day, Lord. Thank you for just this wisdom in your word, Lord. Thank you for the wisdom in Elijah's life, Lord. We know it's easy for us to sometimes to be overwhelmed by the responsibilities that you place on us, Lord, in all the different areas that you put us in, Lord. But you have put us there for a reason, Lord. I pray that you equipped us, strengthen us, Lord, to lead for you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thank you so much for tuning into today's podcast. If you have any questions, please feel free to email me at a closer look.